Welcome to PPR podcast number 93, brought to you by the San Diego Strike Force. My name is Rudy. The star of the show sits just three feet away. Your name is? Bert. Bert, Bert. And for the first time in podcast history, we have a repeat guest. Would you like to introduce him? Do I need an introduction? I always butcher your last name, Verlaine. Is it Batofe? Yes, perfect. Oh, I got it right for once. Verlaine Batofe, everybody knows uh, Makasi. Uh, four-time state champ. The backpack. Awesome. Everyone knows the backpack. I mean, yeah, I don't even have to introduce you. Uh, coach. Uh, and and you new were, coach of Mount Miguel High School. And you have the dubious dubious honor of saying yes to us twice, which is greatly appreciated because I know. Uh, no, we had a, we had a, Lewis Riddick did twice. He's the second twice. Or you're, you're the second two-time guest, Coach. I'm honored. You, all right. Uh, but, you, but in this interview, though, you have a different title. Can you talk about... Uh, this is the first time you and I have chatted post the decision to become the head coach at Mount Miguel. Could you talk about how that all came to be? When did you throw your hat into the ring? Why did you want that job? Um, I just thought it was a great opportunity. Um, you know, Mount Miguel was considered, you know, kind of like an inner city school. So, uh, you know, I did grow up in the inner city and I always wanted to, you know, come back and be a head coach, you know, in an inner city school. Um, I love my time at Modern Day it was great, um, you know, but I just, you know, felt like it was time for me to to make that jump and become a head coach and, you know, try to, you know, really go to a community and help out, you know, some people that kind of look like me or, you know, have the same upbringing that I have. Is it get to a point, because I mean, you've done so much as an offense quarter, I think four state championships. You have Makasi, which has their own all-star game, um, traveling, I mean, is there, when do you get to the point, like, because? I felt like you should have been a head coach four years ago right before. I mean, was there a point where you just say, this is the time or I'm not going to do it anymore or I don't want to be a head coach or how's that work? Um, I felt like I should have been a head coach a couple years back, but, you know, sometimes God doesn't work in those ways. You know, uh, I had a couple opportunities that, you know, one opportunity that didn't work, you know, at the time. But, um, you know, it was a blessing. You know, at the end of the day, I got a chance to go to modern day and really learn under, you know, Coach Joyner and learn, you know, you know, just, you know, from a different environment, being at a private school for the first time. So, uh, you know, it was a blessing, you know, uh, just overall. So, you know, I just think I'm ready now, you know, with everything I learned from, you know, my times at Madison, you know, Lincoln, Kearney, and modern day. Now it's time for me to kind of, you know, take the reins and, uh, you know, show everybody what I could do. Well, your work is cut out for you. Uh, Mount Miguel, great school, hard-nosed kids. Everybody knows that from way back when. But you, you're accustomed to working at a school where kids flock to, you know, the private school education. Mount Miguel is sandwiched between Helix and uh, Steel Canyon. You, you, you lose a lot of kids that might go to your school to places like that. How do you convince them to stay in the neighborhood? Um, number one, you know, I think I've assembled, you know, a top five coaching staff in the state of California, to be honest, you know what I mean? So I think it starts there. Um, I got some really good coaches that, you know, came along with me. Um, number two, just, you know, showing everybody that there's hope. You know, I've had um, I've been blessed with the opportunity to help a lot of kids get to the next level in college. I've had a lot of success offensively. So, you know, I just think with, you know, the success I've had with the coaching staff that we brought and also the, you know, support from the administration. You know, I think we're, you know, I think Mom Miguel is a gold mine, And I think, uh, you know, you know, me being there, we're going to, you know, turn this thing around. And isn't you said, I mean, I looked at your staff and, and I mean, the one thing you said, you know, you look like the kids that go there. Those guys are all mentors. They're all community guys. Um, 
Aaron Jones, I was kind of shocked you stole him away because he's, he's, I mean, he's the top guy in, in the county at either side of the ball that I'm concerned, one of the top guys. Um, so does that, I mean, what you're saying is that pulls the kids in, really. I mean, you start to look at that, you see that, they, they meet these coaches. It's like college. When you connect with a college coach, that's usually where you go. It doesn't matter anything else. Definitely. You know, a lot of kids, you know, it's a different day and age now. You know, um, a lot of kids want to play for certain coaches as well, not only schools. So uh, I just think having really good coaches around attracts kids. And, you know, also they have a good feeder system in the Los Toros, Pop Warner. So, um, you know, Los Toros is literally two, three minutes from, you know, Mount Miguel. So just, you know, having success, I just think winners breed winners. You know, when you have success, people want to be a part of successful things. So, you know, I just think our work is just to, you know, help these kids get to the next level, have success on the field and keep being great, you know, mentors. And I think all that stuff is going to work itself out. So I believe in the process. I kind of have a blueprint of how this thing works. So you just got to stick to the plan and, and everything's going to work out how it's supposed to. Well, talk about the Mount Miguel environment. I, I know Coach Starr, your predecessor, went there, uh, found the cupboard was bare and yet managed to figure out a way, even though the, his numbers weren't like what other schools were, found a way to win some football games, and I assume you want to amplify, uh, uh, build on that. What's the environment? Did, or suddenly, are your numbers going to spike up, or are you going to have to win with 25 kids? How does that work? Nah, definitely. We're not going to have 25 kids. You know, the goal is to have you know, 40 on varsity, 40 on JV, you know, the first year. And then, you know, the second year, have a freshman team as well. So, you know, just doing things in the community, you know what I mean? Just getting some, you know, we got a buzz right now that's going around. You know, we got a lot of kids in the community that's, you know, want to stay home instead of going to some of these other schools. So it's just about building a buzz in the community in the middle schools. And, you know, like I said, we, you know, being blessed to have a, you know, being, you know, have some success in the past and having some really good coaches. So I think that's what's going to attract a lot of the kids and we'll just, you know, end up building from there. So we're going to have success on the field. We understand that, but it's just doing the other things like getting get on the community and really getting, you know, Spring Valley to, you know, kind of buy into, you know, what we're doing here at Mount Miguel. What's the biggest issue? I mean, because you brought up Los Toros. I mean, great program, great players. You know, we've had Clark Moses on here, um, you know, every youth kid, it seems. But if you look at it, they all played in Eastlake, but they all end up not going to Eastlake. There are, whether they're Helix, Madison, spread all over. I mean, what's the secret to, to keeping those kids there? Um, I just think winning. I think everybody wants to be associated with a winner. You know what I mean? I think... Um, you know, when you, you know, winners breed other winners. So, uh, you know, I know Mount Miguel hasn't had a lot of success in the past as far as the win column. You know, I know they made a, you know, a huge jump when Star got in there. But, you know, winning championships, honestly, like, I've you know, I'm here to win championships and I'm here to send guys to the next level. So our expectation is not going to change. You know, same thing we did at Modern Day was, you know, win, win CIF and win state and, and get guys at college. So those are the same expectations I have at Mount Miguel. So, you know, the kids have bought into it. Um, you know, there's a couple of kids starting to get offers and, uh, you know, people are seeing that there is, you know, we can win there and we could be really successful there. So, you know, I got a big vision for this thing and it's going to take a couple of years, but we'll, you know, eventually we'll be one of the top teams in the county. You, Jason Carter, Coach Clark, you all, you all kind of uh, have that acclaim to success as it relates to the the seven on seven and the uh, junior programs do you guys get along yeah coach clark yeah yeah coach clark jc i mean you guys yeah. are kind of all fighting over the you know you you all want yeah, quality quiz right yeah coach clark's like my big brother man i talked to uh you know 
Coach Clark all the time. He's a great dude. And yeah, me and Jason get along. You know what I mean? We uh I've been knowing Jason for a long time. It was funny when he was at Mission Mission Bay, you know, he wanted me to be his offensive coordinator. So like, you know, we got a good relationship. But it's funny, I mean, you bring that up, but you all have the same I mean, every kid that's that's good seems to go through one of you three guys <laughs> at some point in their career. So it's kinda of, I mean, every time we come on here, it's one of the three yeah, you has touched the kid. Yeah, and coach I, they're little kids. I mean, they're young kids. I, I get the the ones that are faster and stronger stick out, but how can you be sure that the kid that I mean, the youngest the youngest kid that you encounter is what age usually? Um, we got sixth graders. So, so, so a sixth grader between sixth and tenth grade, a lot can happen. How do you know? How do you identify which is the kids that are going to make make it at the, at your high school level and then beyond? I don't know. I've been blessed with the ability to have like a, a eye for talent. You know, I can I see certain things in athletes that others don't look at. So um, I remember Brandon Lewis. Uh, he ended up going to the you know Tennessee Titans. I remember seeing him as a ninth grader, and I just and I saw his feet. You know, his feet were just different from everybody else. And I remember telling the coaches that yeah, that kid he's gonna play in the NFL. And everybody thought I was crazy, you know what I mean, at the time. But, you know, he ended up, you know, getting a chance to play for the Tennessee Titans. So I just got ability to see certain things in kids um, that, you know, others might not see. I had a kid named Josh Meredith that's a Washington State. I remember he came out to, you know, to work out with me and he he ran a slant and he dropped it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's all I needed to see from him. I knew he was going to be different, you know what I mean? But, you know, I just got ability to see things in kids that, you know, some people might not be able to see. Brandon went to... Air Force first, didn't he? Yes, he went to Air Force, yes. Why'd he go to Air Force if he's a receiver? <laughs> uh, man, his dad was in the military, so it was kind of one of those things, you know, but, uh, you know, he did his thing there, so, you know, and he's and he got an Air Force degree, you know, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, that's true. Hey, so, let me ask you this. So I want to, Paul and I made that trek up. Um, was, was that Dorsey? Who do we go see? We saw them play Dorsey. Was it Dorsey? Yes. I mean, just watch it. In the rain. Yeah, in the rain. And I go through, like, I mean, you guys ended, I mean, what did you start at? 0-4 or something like that? And then went on this, I mean, just a a totally different team throwing out and then going to be state champs. I mean, what, at 0-4, I mean, what's it like? Were kids checking out? Were they, because most 0-4 teams end up 0-9 or 1-8. I mean, they don't end up going to a state championship. It was a brutal schedule. They were hurt. They came close. I mean, Carl. I'm just ben, talking about the mindset. I yeah. mean, how do you how do you keep that focus from that point and then end up being state champions? That was the most impressive thing to me. It's like from that to state championship is probably. I mean, you know how it is with kids' minds: 16, 17, 18 year olds. They check out. I think it's just sticking to the process. Um, you know, um, you know, me and Aaron Jones, we we went through this before. You know, and you know, Coach Joyner too. We we played in a lot of big games and and had a lot of success. So we've encountered all different types of season. Um, you know, I remember at, being at Madison in 2015, I believe. We started out 0-3, and everybody thought the, you know, the bridge was falling, and then we went won like nine straight, ended up playing in the CIF championship game. We ended up losing, you know, a nail-biter to the Saints. But, uh, you know, we've been in these situations before. We know you just got to, you know, stick to the script. You know, sometimes things don't bounce your way, but you got to keep, you know, one day at a time, keep stacking them days, and eventually everything's going to work out. So we just kind of told the kids, like, you know, like, you know, sometimes losing is a good thing. You know what I mean? You learn a lot from your losses as well. So just take it, learn from it, let's keep building from it. And that's what we did. And they kind of just rallied around each other. And then they kind of used that, um, 
you know, um, you know, everybody doubting us, don't think we could do something about it and take it, and then we end up winning, you know, back-to-back state championships. So how does that phone call, or is it a face-to-face conversation with Coach Joyner when you say, okay, uh, turn out the lights, the party's over. Uh, how does that go? It went well. You know, he was real supportive of me. You know, he understood that, you know, he thought, you know, I should have been a head coach as well. So, you know, it was a great conversation. You know, he was just supportive of me. He's, you know, told me he'll root for me. He's rooting for me. So it was a great conversation. You know, me and Coach Joyner had a good relationship. Um, You know, we worked really well with each other. So we had some, you know, we accomplished a lot together. So, you know, I just think it was, you know, he was he was happy for me, you know, for, you know, getting an opportunity to show what I could do as well. Is there a Verlaine disciple that's left behind that will run the same system or are they, are they, I know you don't, I know it's not your concern. I, maybe this is an off-base question, but does modern day change without you there? Um, Coach Eddie Amon is going to take over the offense. You know, he's been coaching with me for about, you know, four years. So I think he's going to do a really good job. Uh, you know, he's kind of been under me, know what I do. So, you know, I think uh, giving him the reins, um, I think he's going to do a really good job. He's smart. He puts in the work. You know, he, he understands, you know, football. So, you know, I think they're going to be just fine. You know what I mean? They're going to be just fine. Just got to keep it, you know, keep the keep everything rolling. So not your head man. Is it still going to be a Mikasi Bowl? Or is that too much time now? Nah, I could do it all, man. You know, I know how to balance, you know, five things at once. So I kind of prioritize things, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I got a lot of good people, you know, that, that are in Team Mikasi as well that help me. So it's just not only me, I might be the face, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that do a lot of work. You know what I mean? One of those guys is, uh, you know, my boy Meech, Demetrius Hazley. He, he plays a big part in in our success, you know, with Mikasi, just from the, you know, mentoring aspect. You know, he calls a couple of kids that he, he puts under his wings where he checks on their grades, you know, reaches out to the school. So he does a lot just, you know, we do a lot outside that people don't know, not just the actual seven on seven stuff. So I got a really good group around us that, that you know, really help out. You know, Coach TJ McKay is another one. He plays a big part in what we do in, in Mikasi. So uh, I got a good group of people around me. Meech is my, my if you're watching high school football during the high school f- football season, he's my favorite Twitter follow during the season. Why is that? Oh, he's hilarious. <laughs> follow during the high school season, he's hilarious. Well, I think follow now. Uh, <laughs> So, Coach, are, are you are you teaching there as well, or are you just off campus? Um, I'm there, so I'm um, I'm off campus, but I'm you know I'm gonna be there from you know 11 to to three you know 3:36 whatever time school get out. So uh, you know I'm uh, I'm deciding rather to get my teaching credential or not. I got like I got to take one test and then do like the student teaching part, but I'm deciding whether to do that or not right now. But I'm there, you know, I'm subbing and just being there on campus as well, just to make sure the kids you know see me and. And you know the you know teachers see me on campus. So, so that's going to be your office then, basically your your office away from home. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yep. Is this like so? I mean, I've seen a like new. You take over a program. Do you do the usual walk around, go around lunch, see a big kid, try to get him to sign up, or are they coming to you? <laughs> do you got to go to uh, them, or are they coming to you? Nah, I got to go to them. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've been on campus. Just you know, there's a bunch of big kids on campus. So we we've got a lot to come out and uh, to you know, to work out. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, see what we're doing. So we have some good numbers there, man. It's been about 50 kids working out in the weight room, you know, which is, you know, from what I heard a lot more from, you know, in the past. So, you know, we're just trying to build on this thing and, um, and take it to the next level. Like I said, our expectation is not changing. You know, it's about winning championships and sending guys to college. So, you know, that that's, you know, that's where we're at. 
Didn't you just have a, I'm sorry, didn't you just have a middle school camp this past weekend too? Yeah, we did. We did. We, How was uh, that? It was good. It was around 60, 70 kids out there from the community. You know, we put a free uh, camp on, you know, just, uh, you know, was teaching these young guys, you know, just some technique and stuff like that. Let them have fun. Just, you know, get to meet our coaching staff and everything like that. So it was good. It was a good deal. You know, the kids liked it. The parents liked it. So it was good all, you know, all around. Uh, you bring up getting kids to college. Is it become easier or is it more difficult to get a kid to college now with the NIL thing and the transfer. portal, the transfer portal, all that blowing up? Is it, is your work more difficult or is it easier? It's harder just because of the transfer portal. You know, I know there's kids that, you know, would have went, you know, FCS in the past, you know what I mean? But, you know, with the whole transfer portal, you know, these guys are trying to get the sure thing just because they played. So, you know, you know, colleges are looking at it like, why get a high school kid at an FCS when I can go get a kid that played, you know, was a backup at Washington State for three years. I've been in a college weight room, you know, that's, you know, been in a college and everything like that. So I just think, you know, college football dynamics have changed. You know, college coaches got two to three years to, to win now. So, you know, everything's about win now instead of kind of building. So I think it's a little harder, but, you know, I've been fortunate enough to last, you know, 10 years of coaching, you know, building a lot of relationships with a lot of coaches. So, um, you know, you know, my uh, my word does matter a lot to some of these coaches. So, uh, you know, it's a lot harder, but, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, you know, for me, it's, you know, I'm, I do a pretty good job at it because I have a lot of relationships with a lot of colleges. So, I mean, how do you do that with the, because, I mean, I, you hit it on the head. It's like, why wouldn't I go to a guy that's power five that's been in the weight room three or four years, been developed? I mean, how, I mean, why even give a kid a scholarship anymore? I mean, you develop them two or three years, you feed them, you train yeah, them, well, you that, away, and then question. they leave. Why not just, are, are we going to see college programs just get away from recruiting kids from high school altogether and just recruit in the portal? No, I don't think so, because there's kind of, you know, I've talked to some college coaches as well. You know, some college coaches haven't had success in the portal. You know, they feel like, you know, portal kids come in and feel a little entitled and, you know what I mean, just from being at bigger programs. And, you know, they've kind of built through the high school. I know talking with the last Sac State staff that went to Stanford, you know, they didn't take no, they took like three portal kids and just kept building from the high school reign. So um, I think you're going to still get college, you know, high school kids, but I think the portal is going to be more for like plug in and play, right? If you need a couple guys, here and there you go get them or if you need some depth here and there but i still think you have to build within the college i mean high school ranks because that's the only way you know you're going to sustain something and, yeah and back in the day it used to be all high school kids and you plug and play some junior college kids now it's just crazy wait, yeah. wait, wait 20 years from now coach uh, you, you'll still be a young man let's so 20 years from now when we look back on the advent of the transfer portal and then of course the advent of or the of, formalization because I think NIL has been around it's just now the money's on top of the table instead of <laughs> under it but 20 years from now are, are we going to look at those as the reasons why college football imploded or are the reason why college football got better I think college football got better you know personally I just feel like um you know I do feel like these athletes deserve to get paid, you know, being a former, you know, division one athlete and Bert, you know, it's a lot of work. You I know got paid. <laughs> oh, I, oh, big dog. But you know what I mean? But, uh, it, but it's a lot of work just from trying to manage your social life, you know, then football's a full-time job itself. School's a full-time job. So I think it's going to be better. I just think they need to find a way to kind of legislate it a little better, but, um, 
I don't know how that's going to happen. I, I got a couple ideas, but, you know, I just don't know how it's going to work. All right, what do you say then to a dinosaur like me who says, yeah, but isn't that scholarship, you know, that $70,000 a year scholarship at Stanford, one of those big, big-time schools, isn't that payment? Um, no, that comes out the what? What does that work out? The 18 grand a year? That's not payment. No, if you go to <laughs> Stanford, grand that's 70 grand a year. Yeah, but then, then my retort would be, uh, you see how much money the NCAA is making off these kids? So it's like, you know, you know, you're well, making Well, yeah, but money. they have to buy the schools and build the buildings and do all the expensive stuff. Uh, not all of it. Some of these um, presidents are making, man. You seen some of these endowments? Man, it's crazy. Yeah, what? some of these endowments are, are amazing. So it's like, you know, I think the athlete, you got to split the revenue at least, you know, with the athletes because they're the product, you know what I mean? So, you know, people are not coming to see, people are coming to see the athletes on the field. So I, I do believe, like, you know, you got to pay the athletes, you know. I don't know about, you know, well, millions. The, of them, the, the reason why I bring it up, Verlaine, is that, you know, I'm looking at San Diego State. Basically, they lost a pretty good uh, basketball player for NIL money, right? I mean, the, the big kid. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was NIL money, but... Well, I mean, he was playing here, and he was making some NIL money, but he wasn't making, you know, he was making San Diego State NIL money. So basically, you're going to lose... It's well, just going to become... The, the It's going to be the haves and have-nots all over again, where the schools that can afford to pay the most players the biggest money are going to get all the players. Well, we, I mean, I think we end up adapting. Because, I, look, I remember when free agency came to the NFL, and I was like, this will ruin the NFL. Because you grew up and probably can name, still to this day, every Green Bay Packers starter. Minnesota I could Viking, name, too. Minnesota Vikings. I can name every Eagles and Steelers starter from back in my day. And, and then, what was your team growing up, Verlaine? Um, I didn't really have. I, I was a 49ers fan. I was. Well, a that's right. That's right. So you could name all the 80s lineups from the. 90s. But but we happened and it changed and, and it just went on seamless and it's back to you know even more and more money. So we'll adjust to NIL and transfers and everything else. Yeah, but I yeah. distinguish differently between the NFL and college. I, I, college. I listen. I, you you opened my eyes to how corrupt it's been. Now that the money's on top of the table, I get that, but I always thought that scholarship had value. I have a question I'm always wondering, because I'm going to make you answer this on, on, on camera. So you've been to every school. Which parents are more difficult to deal with? Catholic schools? Catholic. Private schools, sorry. <laughs> private schools or public schools? Man. Um, well, answer this one honestly, Verlaine. Oh, it's both, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, um, so it's all of them. It, you got you got different problems at each school, but uh, you know most of the parents are great. But you know you always got to you know There's a, couple, a few a few parents that you know private or public that you know no matter what you do, you know what I mean. They're you know you know how it goes. All right, Verlaine, I just can't, I'm in your office. You're not playing Joey. Joey is better than Charlie, who you're playing all the time. You like Charlie better than my Joey. Why aren't you playing Joey? You say, um, Charlie's better, and if you don't think so, we can sit down and watch film together, and I can break it down to you. Do they ever take you up on that and watch film together, or they just leave it at that? No, they'll leave it at that because I'll, you know, I'll let, I've I've shown some, you know, some parents. You know some you know some film with their kids and let them know or even you know i got kids that i help with recruiting and you know you know everybody thinks they could play in the nfl and i'd be like okay you want to go d1 let me show you a d1 linebacker and we'll watch the film together and i'll be like do you think you're as good as him you know what i mean it's just mm -hmm. sometimes it just kind of showed it to him but um you know but you know most most of the time the parents are good and the kids are understanding about it and that's 
I mean, that's partly, that's why I hate the social media thing, because it used to be you'd sit down and you'd watch film and you'd, or you'd watch it and you see why you're not as good as somebody. Now it's like everybody cuts it up. They put some Drake uh, on the background. Yeah. And, it, and, and the first two minutes is them warming up and, and doing stuff. To some And to them, their highlight, the yeah. two plays out of the whole game is they don't realize you have to play those two plays, 80 plays out of the whole game. I mean, does that hurt? Um... Yeah, it's it's you know it's about like for us we grade our players you know what I mean so that's one thing we do with our with our you know with our with our kids is we've always graded them so you're not graded on one play you're graded on an entire game so you know we give GPAs at the end of the game so if a kid be like well I play well well you grade at a two point one you know what I mean and this guy graded at a two point seven and we have you know so each you know we do it just like a regular. Great. So if you do a, a A play, you get a four, B, three, two, you know what I mean? So at the end, we're able to tell you on play 66, you got a one. And you want to see why you got a one? Let's watch it. You know what I mean? So you're able to break down with these kids what they did bad and also their good plays. So for me, it's all about, you know, being consistent and not just a splash play here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's and that's the problem. I mean, I don't think anybody sits down with these kids and, and, and sits down and says, this is what people are going to look for. They're not looking for your splash plays. I mean, if you want to send film out, Send you doing this, this, and this instead of this. And they're all doing this, not this, this, and this. Well, Coach, using that grading system, grade my ability to pick a silver pigskin podium. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You on um, the bench. <laughs> come you're on. Probably, Get it you're, out. Probably, you're probably a two right now. I got a two. I for, hey, hey, I forgive you, though, man. Room I for improvement. You. Oh, you got it. You're a head coach now. You got to forgive me now. I forgive you now, man. Coach, you know, I wish we could switch. Well, I I, I can't do your job, but you c come be in one of our, I'm going to invite you to the next meetings. It's a hard thing to do. You don't even invite me to the meetings. But I'm going to invite Verlaine because he's been my, I would say, my number one critic or the loudest critic. And uh, it's not easy. I know, but this is this is my thing, right? This is my thing. So in two years, we won back-to-back -back state titles, right? Um, and we didn't have one guy on the podium. We, I'm not even saying the guy should have won it, you know what I mean? But we should have had, for a team to have back-to-back -back state titles, don't you think one guy should have been on the podium? You can make an argument right now. I can make an argument that Dominic Nankill is the most accomplished quarterback in San Diego history. Maybe not the most talented, but the most accomplished. I don't know how many quarterbacks have won back-to-back -back state titles. You know, he threw for over, you know, 3,500 yards back-to-back -back year, over 30-some touchdowns and, you know, picks. It was like 82 touchdowns to like 16 picks. You know, all CIF, you know, first team twice. You know what I mean? Or even Trey Edwards, you know, four-year starter. You know what I mean? Had over 300 career tackles. Like, you know, defensive player of the year. I just felt like... One of them two should have made it. You know what I mean? I, I just, I really did feel like that. One of them two should have made it, especially in a team, you know, that won back-to-back -back state titles. And you know what the problem is, though? It's, it's, I mean, sometimes we forget that the honor is just being up there, but we think, of, I mean, not we, because I'm not on the committee because he don't invite me, but Boy. everybody was like Roderick's winning, Roderick's winning. So they, I don't think we, or we, I keep saying we, people just didn't even get up to even fight for anybody else, really. Um, I'm going to... I'll say this, we're, ma we're making eye-to-eye -eye contact on Zoom. You're right. But you know what? It's, it, you know, I, I go back and look at it and as, because like, everyone's got to remember, first of all, you're right. 
Maybe I should just leave it there and keep my mouth shut. But yeah, remember, the cutoff for all this is at the end of the regular season. So the body of work that a lot of those numbers you were talking about, and they're great numbers, and I love the ki I love both kids. Let's just go on record with that. A lot of some of those numbers happened after, you know, we after the the podium was already picked. But need but that said, you're right. And, and the other part here's my once you do it after the year when the season's all the way done, so that way you can get a real you know uh, I mean? great idea, Verlaine. But we got the shows on the sixth of or the November twenty ninth, and you got you got to let everyone vote. It's it just it, there's a real compressed timeline as to. Uh, you know, figuring out who's going to win. Because you, all hey, you, you coaches big, have to get a vote. You're a big dog, man. You and Bert big dogs. Y'all can make it happen. Nah. Well, you know what the other problem is? I mean, we, we go, and it goes back to Dom. I mean, there's 50 games a night. So I got to go see Dom's, I think, first game was a junior. And that's when I was like, you got to see this kid. You got to see this kid. He didn't get to see him until his third, fourth game of his senior year. So you don't. Unless you're there really seeing it, I mean... Uh, yeah, but low hole it. Let's not say uh, Rudy's a dodo and didn't realize how good he is. I, I said he, his escapability was second to none. Is that I, a word? I, That's a Bobby Ross word, escapability. Well, he, he, all right, <laughs> his ability to turn a bat, a broken play into a positive play there you go. Is, is undeniable. And even a dodo like me recognized that. It was just... Now I can't even remember who was on the podium. At the end of the day... Uh, it was. It's hard to see anyone beating Roderick when, you know, getting that trophy, oh, right? You could see Roderick, that at least. No, he he deserved to win it. That's that. My argument wasn't Rod not winning it. You know, he was clearly clear the winner. My thing was, you know, Dom or Trey deserved to be at the podium. That's all we were asking for is, you know, somebody you know to represent modern day because I felt like you know we were, you know, one of the top teams in the program and been for the last you know a couple of years. So I just felt like. You know, not having one person there, it was, you know, you could put, you know, Dom's numbers or Trey's against almost anybody. Well, Trey's else. numbers as a junior, certainly. But all I can say is you're right. We're wrong. We drop, You know, but it's not the first time we dropped the ball. Reggie Bush didn't win as a senior. Uh, you know, there's a, kid, there's a kid playing in the NFL that didn't, didn't even get on the podium either. So Did Alex Smith win? Uh, Alex Smith did not get Oh, sorry. So I guess what I'm trying to say to you is. It's, but Tony Jefferson won, right? <laughs> no, he was on Oh, the, sorry. It's not the first blunder we've had. And the, and the compassion you showed towards me during the whole thing was... Man. <laughs> hey, I, hey I, just, I was a little upset, man. I championed my boys, man. They work hard, and, um, you know, they wanted to really be on there. So, you know, it was a little disappointing for, you know, the boys because they, you know, they worked their butt off to get to that point. And one thing about Trey is that, um, you know, when he was healthy, you know, um, you know he got hurt the, the Carlsbad game. But, right. You know, I mean, the, the cathedral game, you know, we were, you know, we were kind of rolling when, before he got hurt and he wasn't healthy until honestly saints. And, you know, in the last two years when Trey was healthy, we didn't lose a game, you know, literally we didn't lose a game. So, you know, Trey meant that much to not only the defense, but the offense, the team and everything. So, um, you know, Trey was, he's one, he's a once in a, you know, you know, decade type player that, you know, not only, you know, what he brings on the field, but off the field, the leadership and just as this mag magnetic personality, like when he's not in the field, like the whole team was different. So, you know, that's the thing about Trey was like, I don't think you could really account for that. You know, All right. I mean? just uh, just for the record, as we wrap this up, he was Trey was up and I believe Dom was were both up for offensive and defensive. Fan boat? It wasn't like we completely I think they were both on the fan boat, too, weren't they? And they were both in the fan boat. So uh, it's not like they were ignored. I, I just want to get that. Uh, 
You know, you guys, you have the Mikasi community and you had the modern day community. They were both had an avenue to get on the podium. Hey, you are way over today. What are you on? Like, All right. Oh, hey, uh, Verlaine, can I ask you one I more question? 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, throw me, uh, just because we were talking about the transfer portal, and I just heard about this. Uh, Jaleel Tucker is going through the portal. What do you know about that? Um, I don't know much about it. I just know he's really fast and athletic, so I'm pretty sure he'll land somewhere really quick. Okay. Well, we kept you for 32 minutes. You are now officially the longest podcast of the bunch on the second time round. So, Appreciate you guys. Uh, Sorry, Verlaine. I told him 20 minutes, but yeah, I can't control him. Hey, uh, all I need, though, is you guys uh, just make sure you guys at the Mount Miguel game. We got to, uh, you know, we're going to valley it up this year. Am I allowed to come? Yeah, you're allowed. I told you I forgave you, man. And so I'm, I'm, I'm off the shit. I'm off wow. the, I'm, I'm off the, I'm wow. off the list. Yeah, you're off the list, man. We back good, man. You back uh, on. All right. Back uh, good. It's not for, it's not for good. It's just I'm off for <laughs> yeah. now. Till, till week two. <laughs> He's always off the list in the off season. There's a whole different list during the season. Uh, coach, I appreciate your time, and uh, I wish you success. And I'm sure this is not the last time you and I'll chat. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Three, Relaine. Two, one. The podcast is over. Turn off the machines.